Sport on on SAFM. Well, as promised on Tuesday, uh, after speaking to the National Cycling Academy Forum um, following their Freedom Ride campaign, we did say we will bring Cycling South Africa just to um, that just to hear from the Federation. How do they respond to some of uh, these issues that were raised by the NCAF? And the President, uh, Siska Austin, joins us on the line. Siska, good evening, and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Good evening. How are you? No, we're fine. Thanks, Siska. Maybe firstly, how how is the sport maneuvered around these challenges caused by COVID? Oh, it's quite a tough one. Hey, I think we are thankful at this time that we can host events. We, we've, however, had to make an application to the minister. Mm. So we've progressed. So we can have smaller events, our championships, the provincial championships, the, the events that was classified as professional um, at one stage. I think the hard one is that our mass participation events or those where people will just assemble, those can't really take place yet because they're quite hard to, to regulate on the mm-hmm. one side and then to ensure the safety compliance because this is a gathering. It's, any, it's, it's an event. So people will come together. They need to keep their distance. And the minister is, I mean, they are looking at what we've proposed. Um, it's, it's quite a hefty, long document, and all the sporting codes have given input. Cycling and running in particular is a little bit different because we have a different component. It's not two teams against one another or not only 200 people that's maybe at a track. Um, So it's been a little bit more challenging for us in terms of competitions. But, of course, we've been able to ride since, what was it, lockdown level four. Mm. Um, So the people at least could train and they could go out and they could exercise. It was tough in the beginning to get the, the riders abroad last year. But again, the ministry actually helped cycling quite a lot because it was right before the Tour de France and those riders had to go over um, to go and participate. And, and this year again. So we've continued. It's been tough, but we've continued. I think the hardest part is that we our income streams, unfortunately, to, is taking a big knock. I mean, we are very dependent on the mass participation events and the income that comes through those, um, yeah, which we don't have at this point. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough for everybody. And then, Siska, are you aware of the National Cycling Academy Forum? We spoke to them on Tuesday. They had a freedom ride there trying to highlight what they call the inequalities in the sport of cycling. Um, yes, I'm aware of the, the NCAF and who they are. And yes, I am. Are they a member of the federation? Some of the, those academies that, that belong to this forum. Look, a forum... Um, we need to understand first what it is. We have a couple of forums, so they're not all structures within Cycling South Africa. So it's people that's coming together who brainstorm, who communicate, um, and who try to find solutions. So I, I, I'm aware of what they do. We, we have similar structures, and a couple of the academies that they see that they represent is also members of Cycling South Africa, yes. Yes, and, and we had them on the show this week and they raised a lot of issues and that's why we felt it was important just to clarify some of these with you. Maybe for those who weren't listening, let's just take them back to what uh, they had to say on Tuesday. Okay, so I think we, we've been hearing quite a lot about um, the male administration in, in, in the sporting fraternity. So basically, the National Cycling Academies Forum is clubs and um, development clubs and academies in rural areas and township areas who we know from our apartheid legacy were excluded from the sports of cycling. So since 94, we've been um, partners, we've been affiliates of the federation because obviously we are passionate about cycling. But over the years, I think 27 years for us, 
kind of, you know, put alarm bells to say, here we are in a structure, here we are with negotiations, here we are trying to be recognized to say, guys, we have never had grassroots cycling development. There were laws put in place, um, there were policies put in place that excluded black people. Yet we are part of the federation, we pay affiliation fees, we do everything by the book, and yet we cannot get to develop our own selves and, and, and extend and promote the sport in our own spaces because we're still under the hand of this federation who has not transformed. So the National Cycling Academies Forum is solely made up, well, not solely, um, the majority of the members of the NCAF are clubs and academies that are affiliated to the federation. We've just exhausted all the internal processes to be recognized so that we can do grassroots development in our spaces. Okay, so that's part of the conversation then that we had uh, last week, or well, this week with the General Secretary, Butla Madala. There is some serious issues there, Siska. I think the first one that stands out is that they feel excluded. How do you respond to that? Okay, I'm going to actually start with the first one that stood out for me is that um, maladministration. Um, and then the second accusation, I think, in there was having not transformed. So, of course... We can look back at 27 years to be sure, but I can only look back at when I started as a president. So I started last year, February, mm. so I've been in this position now for 14 months. Now, when it comes to maladministration, I can tell you that the first thing I put in place are so many policies and governance structures and requirements in order to adhere to um, any corruption, which may have been caused in the past, and I can tell you they have been. Uh, and to curb that. So that's the first thing. Is there's, there's a lot of, of of policy and processes in place now. Then the second one is, I take the the accusation of not having transformed also quite serious because understandably, again, I think Buchles may be looking at at the the approach for many years, but the reason I was brought in as president was was to come in and make change. So if we just look at, and and I'm going to say, it's not boasting or anything, it's just what has happened since I've become president is, first, is that, the academies in the past have not been recognized. Now, if you go and look at the academy um, requirements, according to government in SASCOC, it's quite a, it's quite a strict document. It's, it's, there's a lot of things that needs to be in place to be recognized as a national academy or a provincial or even a, a private academy, which most of these academies are. Now, what we have done is to say, okay, we understand that it's not possible to adhere to those high principles set by SASCOC and, and the ministry in terms of what an academy is and how they should belong to a sports council and all the different structures on provincial and national level. For us, our basic requirements is a signed constitution, making sure that there's at least people in place that can take um, accountability of what's happening within the academy. Of course, because these people are working with kids, we have safeguarding policies that need to be adhered to. Um, the basics is a, is a financial overview, understanding the finances and any grants or any funds that had been given and how that had been spent needs to be reported on. If you look at the, the SASCOC documents, private academies need to report two, two times a month, in fact, of what they are doing and how they are progressing. We, we're not going that strict. Once a year is fine with us. It's a paid affiliation fee to the region or the province, which is in general it's about 500 rand for all the academy members then because we also recognize the young members up and until the age of 17 just to require basic membership. They don't need the licensing in addition either in order to reduce the funds. 
And then our requirement is to make sure that there's one accredited coach. Now, what we've also noticed is that some of these academies, they want to start up or they're a club, but they don't have a coach. So this year we have a, an initiative through the UCI where there's the UCI Level 1 um, coaching course. There's about 80 people that's participating. And I think there's 39 that's in fact that's black and that's coming from the academy um, portal as well so that they can set themselves up and grow. Um, and I think 25% female. So back to transformation. Um, this year, we have approved the transformation charter. And it's actually called an inclusivity charter. So it's all about the inclusivity of women, of black people, as well as people with disability. This is available on our website, the charter itself, with goals and where we want to be, as well as the capacity building that we are doing within the community, the rural communities as well. Uh, it's not some sucks or anything that we've, we've come up with this. There's quite a successful program that rolled out in KZN. Um, this had been submitted to the UCI, in fact, from KZN side, and they've recognized this and they're trying to see how they're going to implement this worldwide as well. So it's, it's something to work with quite well. Um, and then I, I think also talking once again about the transformation. So Cycling South Africa has transformed. I am, yes, a white president, but I have two black board members with me. We are four members, so it's 50% black and 50% white. We have 100 Sorry, sorry, just repeat that. What's that trans- What's 50% black and 50% white? Our executive board. The one that I'm looking at at the website, on the website? Yes. Is it? Yes. No, Siska. We are four board members, executive board members. It's myself, Kondisa Nguenga. Kevin Green. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the X coy here. I'm looking at the X coy here. Of, no, I don't know where you are looking. Are you I'm on the Cycling on the South Africa website. All right. I don't think you are looking at the right X Then you are maybe looking at something else. It's got you we, as president. It's got Kevin Green as vice president. It's got oh, Andre- you. You are on an old portal. There should be. There's a new portal. So I can share with you. If you go and look at the document, um, there's a document that talks about the Q1 report. While you are on the website, do you see it? So these people that are on that are executive members yeah, that I mentioned, they are not are not part of the exco. No, Kevin Green is. Kevin Green is is, is regarded black. He's a, a an individual from Boland. Secretary General Gregory Van Yarden. No, he's no longer. I think you are looking at a very old link, maybe there. I'm not no, sure I'm looking why. at what's what's on your website at the moment. That's what I was saying. Yeah, that I'm looking at the website. Okay, fine. Let you 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 said you take the issues about transformation seriously. I yes, just want to be do. clear here. Do you are you saying you're taking transformation seriously, or you don't take kindly to the allegations? No, no, no. I take it really. I take I take the the transformation and development very seriously. I think if you if you look at the the strategy we have put in place, the fact that we have put in a diversity committee. So one of our key pillars is just everything driving transformation, development, inclusivity, capacity building. We've even employed employees just to do that. Um, I, I think we, we are really taking it very seriously. Okay. I just want to go back to that exco. So you'll tell me who's still there or not. You said Gregory Van Yarden is not there. No. Charles no, Bukas. We have Elton. Elton Charles Bukas is so there. You, you are... You are looking at... No, I just want to know who's there and who's not there. Charles right. Bukas? Well, I am the president. Yes. I am the president. Is the Chris Prinslow president? there? He is no. He's not. 
there's a I think we have we are launching a new website. I'm really thinking of looking at the Okay, that will help then if you can put up yeah. your new structure on the website so that we are all on the same page then. Correct. And then when you talk about the financial overview, you're saying that um they're not <laughs> are you saying that they're not capable people to run these clubs financially to overlook at the finances of this club? For the club structures. Yes. So the clubs affiliate to, to province and regions. The regions. So we have we are the national federation. Our members are the nine provinces and 11 regions, so or districts, as some of the other codes also know it. Clubs, academies, affiliate to those. So it's a, it's a hierarchy. So clubs don't affiliate directly to us as Sightings of Africa. They affiliate to the national structure through their provincial body, for which there are administrators in place, yes. Yes, but, but you were saying that when we talk about the NCAF or the NCAF, as you mentioned that, when you look yes. at their structures, they don't have financial people. Is that what you're saying? They don't have experts in, in this field to run their no, clubs? No, no, no. All, all I've said is that we have reduced the criteria. So SASCOC and the Department of Sport has strict criteria. So if you go and look at the, the policy and the act, we said, okay, we understand that this is quite strict criteria, but we've made the criteria less to be a cycling academy. Okay. And then when the NCAF says they feel excluded, then you didn't respond to that one. I don't know why they would feel excluded because the academies are also affiliated to Cycling South Africa. They also raised the issue of major races. There are no major races in the townships. We know of the Cape Town Cycle Tour, the 947, and all these other um, cycling competitions, but there are no races in the townships. Yeah, so the major races are not hosted by Cycling South Africa. Those are hosted by event organizers, independent event organizers. And in order to host an event, there's a requirement for these roads to be closed down. We have tried that with the Tour of South Africa in 2010, 2011. We did go through Soweto, but we didn't get permission after that again to close down those roads for extended periods of time. So it's a lot to do with safety, um, where it's very hard to close down areas. Um, in the townships? Yeah. So but, if you want to do but we have races in the townships. We've got the Soweto Marathon. We've got uh, athletic races that take part in the that Correct. take place in the townships. Yes. So at for this years stage, too. Yes, because these are like I've said, these are private organisers. So they they will go and apply for these to either be closed down or to go through a certain area. With forty thousand people cycling, they find it easier to use the bigger roads. So, for instance, the 94.7 or the, the ride Joburg, as you know it now, would rather go on the highway or the bigger road with the wider lanes because there are so many people participating. And they can go through the townships? They can go through the townships if that's the application that the organizers make, yes. So is there no will from the organizers then or is there no will from Cycling South Africa to make sure that at least everybody's included? Well, Cycling South Africa has can have the will to have the, the national championships if it's hosted in, in Soweto. We can host it there, most definitely, but we can't dictate to the event organizers what to do. Why? Because they are independent event organizers. But ultimately, they need to be approved by Cycling South Africa. So surely then, if you come up we, with... We sanction, we sanction the safety element that yeah, comes but, with the event. But I mean, we if you come up we with... Don't host the, we don't sanction the start and finishing venue, and, and we don't dictate to them where they have to start or finish. Yeah. It's whatever they can negotiate as a start in a finished area to accommodate the but, needs. But as, as a federation, then, if you put regulations in place, then, I mean, can't you, can't you make that happen as a federation? Because clearly, if they want to host the races wherever they want to host the races, they'll continue to do that for years. And if the federation doesn't put its foot down and says, but let's include the other people that, have, that feel that they're left out, then it won't happen. 
Oh, we can do that. We certainly can do that. We can ask them. So why don't we? Why don't you do that? Well, ask them. Why have you not done that though? Oh well, this past year we haven't had any events, as you know. Like I said, in 2020, I started in February 2020. We went into lockdown in March, and we haven't been able to host any events since then. That's that's considered major. I mean, we have restrictions. Now, I hear that, but it also seems like just there's, there's no will. But let's move on because people are sending us voice notes here and I'm worried about time. Can we play one? Uh, oh, we got a caller. Okay, let's go to the lines. I'm not sure who's there. Good evening. Aisha, Aisha, are you there? Yes, I am here. Good evening to you and your guests. Now, I've been listening to her. And what she's saying, firstly, I take exception to the fact that she refuses to deal with a matter on the table, which is exclusion of black communities. That's, that's my first point. My second point is, she is producing structural barriers to the black communities participating in cycling instead of creating an enabling environment, which is what they're supposed to do. My third point is, I don't know, this Minister of Sports, Arts and Culture is going to hate me, but these people all come on, come on the radio with problems, so he must get in here. And I find it inexcusable that she claims to take response, that she's only been there for the past year and a half. 27 years cycling has not transformed. Sure. No. And furthermore, she says that, that, that she's hired diversity people and that people and that people. There are capable people, that girl that you had on the radio now the other day, that is doing the work. So why are they refusing to work with him? Yeah, no, thanks, Aisha. And we've actually got Butler on the line. She's been listening, but time is going to be an enemy now. We're going to have to continue this conversation next week. But Butler, we've got two minutes here. I don't know if there's any point that you've picked up from what Siska has had to say. I think the one point is that it is not factually true that Siska has only been in cycling um, as a president, well, in cycling for 18 months. Siska was the deputy president to our past president, Aster, and she was also in the structures of CSA. I think she's been with CSA for more than 10 years. So it is not true to come onto the public and say she's been in CSA for only 14 months, that she can either refuse or she can say, yes, I have been in the structures of CSA for more than 14 months. Secondly, I am an event organizer. I send applications all the time to put up races in the township areas. I do not get officials that want to go and officiate in the townships, let alone the safety element. And it is not true that it is about the safety element and there are no event organizers of color. There are rides every weekend and races every weekend in township areas. The thing is, we are not confronting the system that excludes races in the communities where black people are. It is not possible that in 27 years, we cannot have a premium race in any township in the country, you know? And I think it is very important also to acknowledge that as black clubs and as black academies that are part of the federation, we would just come and make this big noise without real 
real issues that we have tried to exhaust internally and speak to the Federation about them. So I don't know. I think you're right when you're saying we need more time to discuss these things because she's touched on a lot of things. She's talking about having hired people. She brought in people that she was working with before because she, as, as a federation, they do not value um, diverse ideas. So when you come and you challenge certain things, you get excluded. If you don't get an advocate that will come and exclude you and give you penalties, you get excluded when you challenge certain things within the federation. I have people that I know that have been blacklisted from Cycling SA who have raised issues and have questioned certain things within the Federation and they get excluded. So it is not true that she has hired diverse people. Okay. And when she, yeah, so it, it, it is a lot. We, no, we, it's we a, lot. a lot. And I also time. see by the reaction now, there's more reaction than we had on Tuesday. So we're going to apologize. We clearly underestimated this topic. But Siska, we're going to bring you back and we're going to continue because I also made a few notes that I would have liked to get through, uh, but we can't because of time. We've only got an hour here. But we're going to continue this conversation next week, Siska, if you're available again. Okay. And I see all the messages, guys, all the voice notes. We're going to save them. Apologies for that. There's clearly a lot here, and I think we are opening up a, I don't want to say a can of worms, but...